0: my seven chakras episode 183
1: knowledge is power the seven chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple what are the functions of these energy centers and could these chocolates help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chocolates, and now
0: your host, Aditya Chai Kumar. Kumar. What's up action takers, AJ here, your friend, your host, and your fellow action taker. And you're tuned in to My 7 Chakras, where we use science and ancient knowledge to help you find your life's true calling. This is one show where we believe that your ability to make a difference in the world is directly proportional to your ability to take action, and that failure is your stepping stone to success. Action Tribe, before diving into the interview, let's listen to our latest iTunes review. Today's review is by a user named Sporty Guy, who says, I thoroughly enjoy a Aditya's style, professionalism, and quality of guests. Thank you for the very valuable and insightful podcasts, Action Tribe. If you want your own review to be read out as well, make sure you share your views, your thoughts, and experiences in the form of an iTunes review. If this is your first time, don't worry. Writing a review is super easy. If you're on your podcasts app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then hit write a review. You can also type in this link onto your browser to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. I'm so grateful for those who've already left us reviews. But honestly, with each review, we get better rankings that leads to more exposure and ultimately to more action takers just like yourself listening to our show. So help me help you. And with that, we are now ready to bring you our featured guest for today, Dr. Rashna Patel. So, Dr. Rashna, are you ready to inspire? I am. That's amazing. So Dr. Rashna Patel has been practicing in the area of medical marijuana since 2012. She step by step walks patients through how to use medical marijuana for their specific medical condition. She completed her medical studies in Turo University College of Osteopathic Medicine and her undergraduate studies at Northwestern University. So Dr. Rashna, welcome to our show. Really great having you here before moving on. Take a few minutes and tell us a bit more about your background.
1: Sure. So I, um, like you mentioned, I'm a physician. Um, I trained in California, and I my background is actually in emergency medicine. But I ended up venturing into the area of medical marijuana for a couple of reasons. One, well, there are a couple of cases that really um, uh, stood out to me that Mm. influenced my decision. Um, One was a child, a 10-year-old who had overdosed on opioids. Second was a woman who twice before had been admitted to the ICU with a 90% chance of, of mortality because she had overdosed on opioids intentionally. And Lo and behold, she had come to the emergency room a third time, and guess what she was looking for? She was looking for more opioids. And then the third was, um, I spent an entire month um, doing what's called a toxicology rotation. And what you do is you manage overdoses, mainly on prescription medications, but also over-the-counter medications. So those cases really influenced my decision in venturing into the area of medical marijuana. But I'm going to stop right there in case you have more questions for me.
0: Sure. Just a clarification for someone who is new to this space, what exactly is an opioid? Because you spoke sure. about certain people sort of overdosing on opioids, right? So
1: yeah, so opioids are a certain type of medication. Um, they're generally re- uh, uh, recommended for prescribed for pain. Um, okay. So common names for opioids are like are Vicodin, Norco, Oxycontin, Percocet. These are names that people will be very familiar with if they've ever had any sort of pain um, and they've been prescribed a medication by their doctor for pain.
0: Got it. So basically, you weren't really happy with the way people were overdosing on these opioids. And you felt that there has to be another solution out there. And that sort of led you to learning more about medical marijuana, which we're going to learn more about. Is it correct?
1: Yeah. So what happened at the same time was that while I was training, um, I happened to encounter an ad on Craigslist. I was just browsing around one night um, Mm -hmm. and the ad said basically medical marijuana doctor needed, right? So that definitely piqued my curiosity. Um, I didn't know that there were medical marijuana doctors. So I started looking into this field. And then, then what I started doing was looking into the research behind medical marijuana. And what was compelling to me was that it had obviously the research is preliminary, right? But, yeah. but compelling enough where I saw that it was a better alternative than opioids in terms of pain management.
0: Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing that. And like always, let's begin this show with some dose of inspiration. My question to you is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And how does that quote play out in your day-to-day life?
1: So growing up, my dad always said, knowledge is power. So one of the things that I have always done as a child is I don't ever buy the BS that I'm fed, um, and I question everything. So, you know, even, for example, while I was training in residency, I questioned the very prescription medications that I was prescribing. So on an everyday basis, I'm always questioning, always questioning, um, always looking for information so that I can make better decisions, both personally and professionally as a doctor.
0: Wonderful. I love that quote, knowledge is power. Action Tribe, I think it's about time to take a moment to really understand and digest what Dr. Rashna just said. Knowledge is power. It's important to really question everything. Don't assume whatever people tell you. It's wonderful that you're listening to this podcast. But at a certain point, it's also important to take action and find out whether that, you know, knowledge really applies to your life or not. And that really is a foundation of Buddhism and Taoism and all these ancient philosophies is test things out for yourself and then find out and that's when it will really resonate and that idea will get embodied within yourself. So thanks a lot Dr. Rashna for sharing that beautiful quote. So my first question is for someone who's new to the world of medical marijuana, what is your definition of medical marijuana and how is that different from Regular marijuana.
1: So it all comes down to how you're using it, right? So sure. what we've seen in the media so far and the, a lot of the way that marijuana has been being used in society, it's that it's been being abused as, as a drug. Mm-hmm. Every medication has a subtherapeutic range a therapeutic range and a toxic range, right? So where, where you want to fall medically is within that therapeutic range where it's providing you medical benefits, but you're not getting side effects from it, right? So, so far, the way that marijuana has been used is that people have been using toxic ranges of it. And so a lot of what they've been experiencing are, are side effects like paranoia, like anxiety, like the high. Um, so that's really how I distinguish medical versus recreational.
0: So I love the way that you started, you said that marijuana in particular, and including some other drugs as well, has a therapeutic range, and then there's a toxic range. But the conventional way that society looks at marijuana, in particular, recreational marijuana is a toxic range, right? That's what people are using it, and then sort of abusing it, and uh, getting anxiety and paranoia and getting that high, which people are really hooked on to. But then there's something else that's really essence and and, and benefit for this particular drug. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So quick question. How many different types of marijuana are there and what makes each of them different from each other?
1: So it comes down to the different types of chemicals in marijuana. Okay. Um, Okay. It makes... As far as we know, it makes uh, over a hundred different types of what are called cannabinoids, and these are the chemicals that marijuana makes. Um, as far as we know, there are two that um, the plant makes in high concentrations, and those are THC, okay, which a lot of people have heard of, and CBD, and these are the ones that that are playing into the, the medical benefits that the marijuana is providing. So ultimately it comes down to um, the plant genetics and ha- the environment in which the plant is grown. Um, that impacts the combination of chemicals that that it will make. And then ultimately, um, whatever the end product is, it'll have whatever, whatever plant the ultimate product is derived from, it'll have that combination of chemicals. And then that then influences what effect it's going to have on you at the end of the day.
0: Day. Wonderful. So, three key things which I noted from what you said was there are over hundred different types of cannabinoids. Am I pronouncing that yep. properly? Yeah. Okay, and then it comes down to the chemicals that really influence the medical aspect, the medical medical benefits. One is THC and CBD, and. Uh, the effect is really determined by the plant genetics on one side and the environment in which that plant is grown. Yeah. And that's that that really makes a difference. Yeah. So with so many different types of, I guess, strains and different types of uh, cannabinoids and different levels of THC and CBD and different environments, I'm sure patients have a hard time choosing what type of marijuana strain to get for their particular condition. Yeah. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And so that's what I'm helping them with <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Got
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's your process really? Like what process do you, do you adopt when a person walks in to, you know, getting really healed and, and benefiting from whatever you recommend?
1: Okay, so a lot of it has to do with what, what the combination of conditions they have, right? So let me give you an okay. example. Say a patient has multiple sclerosis, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a condition where one of the common symptoms is, is that patients get spasticity, okay? They get severe spasms of the muscles in their body, Mm -hmm. mainly lower extremities so like their legs Um, so you can imagine it causes them a a lot of pain if you've ever had a charley horse Um, that's painful, right? So imagine that, you know, 10 to 100 times that. And so in the case of multiple sclerosis patients, I usually recommend high amounts of what's called CBD, okay? Because CBD has antispasmodic properties and that then helps to to relieve um, any muscle spasms that they're having. So mainly I'm walking them through, okay, what combination of chemicals should they be using, right? And then um, on top of that, what sort of amount, of the marijuana, what dose should they be taking, and then the third thing is how often they should be using. In fact, you don't have to actually use it on an everyday basis. Um, sure. Unlike most other medications, which are water-soluble, um, marijuana is fat-soluble, so it sticks around in, in the fat cells in your body. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a common misconception, too, you know, like most other medications that you have to take it on an everyday basis when, in fact, you don't.
0: Got it. Now, when this person is sort of uh, taking in the marijuana, and that marijuana, as you mentioned, has high amounts of CBD, do they get the side effect of feeling high for an extended period of time? Or So
1: the psychoactive no? compound in marijuana is THC. That's what okay. causes the high. Okay. Now, the high mm-hmm. occurs when you take it in excessive amounts. CBD is non-psychoactive. It doesn't cause any sort of high.
0: Got it. So, how do you sort of separate those two chemicals? Is there a different type of strain which has a high amount of CBD and a low amount of THC, or
1: yeah? So, so remember I was talking about how a plant um, can make yes. different amounts of chemicals. So, there are plants yeah. again, depending on the plant genetics and the environment in which it was grown. Some plants will make um, high amounts of THC, and some plants will make high amounts of CBD. And in the states where marijuana is recreationally legal, the, the state um, usually implements a system where these, the, the marijuana product, the end product gets laboratory tested. And it gets tested for the specific amounts of the THC and the CBD. So you have full sure. control over exactly what's going in your body, right? A complete opposite mm-hmm. of, of people who are buying marijuana off the streets, for instance. You don't know what you're getting. And most likely exactly. that's being mm-hmm. sold for people to get high off of, right? So most likely yep. it's typically high in, in
0: THC. Wonderful. I didn't really know that, but this is a lot of good information. So what does research and study have to say about the effects of medical marijuana? I'm curious.
1: It depends on the medical condition, right? So right now, we have overall very preliminary research, right? Most of the okay. research has been done in cell cultures, in animal models. We do have a few studies, depending on the medical condition, done in humans as well. Okay. So do you have a specific condition in mind that you were curious about?
0: Well, for one, I've heard a lot of people claim that cancer, you know, that marijuana has a cure to cancer. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? And whether you've come across people who've had certain types of cancer and have, you know, been diagnosed or received a solution from using medical marijuana?
1: I feel like with marijuana overall, there are a lot of unqualified claims being made on the internet. Um, yeah. I think a lot of, it, it's not a wonder drug by any means. I think it's it's okay. it's a great alternative to a lot of prescription medications, but definitely not a wonder drug. So, sure. okay. So let's talk about cancer. Preliminary research. So again, this is research in cell cultures and in mice, typically. Um, it does show that marijuana has anti-cancer properties. Okay. So it shows that marijuana... Uh, reminds So cancer cells, uh, they sort of evade this process of what's called programmed cell death or apoptosis, right? So they forget how to die or they sort mm-hmm. of escape death, okay? And so they keep on reproducing and they make more and more copies of themselves, which then ultimately produces a tumor. So what marijuana does is that it reminds the cell again, okay? At some point you need to die. So that's what it reminds the cell to do. So that's one way, right? The second way okay. is that... Um it affects what's called angiogenesis. Angiogenesis is basically the growth of the blood supplies that supply the tumor, right? So you need you need nutrients, you need some sort of s- source of oxygen for these cells to continue to, to grow and multiply. So what marijuana does is that it attacks the blood the blood supply, the, the the capillaries themselves. So essentially it cuts off the blood supply to the tumor, right? Make essentially making the tumor inviable. Now, the third way um, that research has shown that marijuana helps cancer is that it prevents these uh, cancer cells from traveling to another organ and then invading the other organ. So, it, this is what's called metastasis, you know, in the process of cancer spreading from one organ to the other. So, that's what research says based on cell cultures and, and in mice. Now, In humans, we don't have much research at all, okay? And Mm -hmm. this preliminary research may not necessarily translate to humans. So I I know that there are a lot of claims being made um, that marijuana cures cancer, but quite frankly, I think we've jumped the gun in making that conclusion. I think we need a lot more information. And also from a clinical perspective, um, I do treat patients with cancer specifically for side effects that they get, Um, When they're undergoing chemo, right? So nausea, poor appetite. Um, And in these patients, you know, none of these patients have come back to me saying, hey, Dr. Patel, marijuana cured my cancer. So clinically, I haven't seen it either. So I I do feel like, you know, uh, there's still a lot more to be known. Um, It certainly has the potential, but we need more information.
0: Got it. So There you go, Action Tribe. Marijuana has anti cancer properties, but it's not an over encapsulating wonder drug. There's still a lot of research and testing to be done to find out more about its therapeutic properties. But three things, like Dr. Patel mentioned one is marijuana reminds the cancer cell that it needs to die, it affects angiogenesis, it attacks the blood supply to the tumor, thereby. making the tumor die over a period of time, the tumor that creates that cancer in the first place. And third, it prevents the cancer cells from traveling and spreading to other parts of the body. Was I right? Yep. Yep. You got it. Wonderful. Now, Dr. Patel, here's a question that I'm sure you get a lot. Other than smoking it, what are some of the ways to use medical marijuana or do you not recommend smoking at all?
1: So I actually don't recommend smoking at all for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, one is that it does make you more prone to bronchitis, okay? Yes. Um, second is is that it makes you more prone to other types of uh, lung infections as well. Okay. And third is is that the, the jury's sort of out on this, but um, there is a possibility that it can make you more prone to COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. So... If you've ever seen a a heavy smoker walk around with an oxygen tank, um, they likely have um, a a COPD, okay? Um, So those are the reasons I don't recommend smoking. Now, there are a lot of different alternatives, okay? So there are topicals, okay? So you can apply, it's basically marijuana that's extracted in some sort of base, you know, like shea butter, coconut oil, and then you can apply that to the area that's affected, there are edibles, right? So those typically come in the form of chocolates or gummies. There's a wide variety of edibles uh, in addition to the, to the ones that I mentioned. I mean, there's like ice cream and, and whatnot. Not that I recommend any of those, but a wide yeah. variety of edibles.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And then there's also what are called tinctures, okay? So those are drops that you put um, under your tongue. There are rectal formulations of marijuana. There are vaginal formulations of marijuana. So a wide um, uh, array of um options that that people have
0: and what do you think about the diffusers because i've heard about the diffusers as well right ah vaporizers okay sorry yeah yeah
1: yeah. so vaporizers um uh depends on what type of vaporizer you use what's in the vaporizer that you're using okay so they they are making here's the thing what they put in the, the vaporizer will sometimes be referred to as an oil. Realize that it's not actually an oil. It is typically an extract in a solvent, such as butane, for example. Okay. So uh, you want to be very careful with what what marijuana product you are selecting. But then there's also vaporizers that uh, where you can use the bud or the flower, and and that's generally um, pretty safe to use.
0: Wonderful. As so you spoke about topical ointments, edibles, drops and uh, vaporizers but you got to be very careful about what you put in the vaporizer to ensure that you get you know the healthy aspects and the healthy benefits out of it. Now based on your experience what are some of the conditions commonly treated with medical marijuana? You spoke to us about multiple sclerosis, you spoke about cancer, any other?
1: Yeah, so the most common conditions that I end up treating um, at my, my, my practice is uh, are chronic pain, okay. anxiety, and insomnia. And then within the category of chronic pain, um, the more common conditions of pain I see are back pain, for instance. So uh, back pain from like a herniated disc, you know, from um, any sort of degenerative disc disease. Arthritis is another commonly uh, common condition that I treat, fibromyalgia as well. Um, so pain pain is huge. Pain is a huge condition um, uh, that I end up treating at my practice.
0: Got it. So you spoke about chronic pain, anxiety, insomnia, arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia. So my question is, does uh, marijuana possess certain anti-inflammatory properties?
1: Yeah, it does. So again, based on um, preliminary research, um, we know a couple things. There are c- certain cells in our bodies that, um, okay. when there's an inflammatory process going on, they start to release chemicals, right? It's a protective mechanism to cause even more inflammation. And sure. these are called cytokines, okay? And so, what marijuana does is that it suppresses the production. Of these of these cytokines, so it, it sort of um, modulates the amount of inflammation that's going on. Another way that um, marijuana helps is that it specifically causes the death of our immune cells that are causing an autoimmune attack. So again, it, that's going to reduce any inflammation that's going on. Um, and then the third way is that it impacts what are called T regulatory
0: cells, okay?
1: So these are cells that, um, that are in place in the body to ensure that the body doesn't respond to um, any antigens that it produces to attack your own body, okay? So um, marijuana activates these T-regulatory cells. So from, from a very cellular level, it helps yeah. to um, prevent inflammation. Um, but again, this is based on research in mice and in, uh, and in in cell cultures so yeah. we have to know um, you know what's going on in humans now clinically on an everyday basis um, when I treat patients with conditions like Crohn's for instance um, which is an autoimmune condition um, rheumatoid arthritis which is which is an autoimmune condition psoriasis which is an autoimmune condition clinically what I see is that when I treat patients um, uh, with these conditions where inflammation is a big component of causing the symptoms that they're having, marijuana helps to reduce the symptoms, right? Um, uh, Most likely because it's helping to reduce the inflammation that's going on in the body.
0: Got it. Got it. Now, we're noticing so many benefits of medical marijuana. Again, properly diagnosed, obviously, multiple sclerosis, you know, chronic pain, anxiety, arthritis, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis. So there are so many benefits. Why is there a negative stigma associated ma- with marijuana.
1: You know, I think that it has to do more with the the history of marijuana. It's more p- okay. politically and economically um I think motivated the um how marijuana was it all started with I don't know if you've heard of this guy named Harry Anslinger. He was this politician okay. known to be a very racist politician. And the story goes um, that um, back in the 30s, um, when um, America was going through the Great Depression, you at the same time, you had a big migration of Mexicans in the United States. Um, and, um, you know, there, there were all these Americans uh, without jobs. And so basically, um, these Mexicans, a big part of their culture was, you know, using marijuana. So what this guy, Harry Anslinger, did was that he implemented an exorbitant tax on marijuana. So if you wanted to use it, you had to pay this, you know, just unfathomable fathomable amount of money, which nobody could mm-hmm. no, could afford, right? So essentially making it illegal to use. And then I think when Nixon came into um uh, into presidency um that's when they implemented the um classification of all the drugs you know the um that's when they put right. the drug enforcement agency into place and then that's when marijuana was classified as a class 1 substance um now it's class 1 supposedly because it doesn't have any medical value and it's highly addictive but if you look at that list from a medical perspective It doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) So... Um, uh, totally. there's definitely more <laughs> drugs that are lower on the list that are more, that have a greater potential for addiction, um, than marijuana does. You know, like the other thing is, is that, you know, tobacco, for instance, I mean, as a physician, I would put tobacco as a, as a, uh, uh classify tobacco as a class one substance. Mm. Uh, it is highly addictive. It has no, no medical value. Um, and it, it probably kills, you know, millions of people on a yearly basis from, uh, cancer.
0: Absolutely. And they have those signs there, you know, at the places where you can purchase tobacco and it was very explicit, but people still buy it. So it's obviously not registering and, you know, people have gotten used to it. Uh, So we've obviously spoken about the medical benefits, but I want to dive deeper into the fact or the idea that it's addictive. Is it addictive?
1: Yeah. So just like most other drugs um, uh, and medications, it does have the potential for addiction, right? And the okay. potential for addiction always comes down to how you're using it. Um, obviously, no. if you're overdoing something, then you increase the likelihood um, of, of addiction. So, you know, for those that where numbers resonate more, the potential for addiction for tobacco is is about one in every four people. The potential for addiction for alcohol is about one in every seven people. Um, and the potential for addiction for, for marijuana is about one in every 11 people. Okay. Now these one in every 11 people, uh, in the study that I was reading, um, these people specifically admitted to using marijuana just to get high. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. what we don't know is what, you know, what's the rate of addiction in someone who's using the marijuana medically? That's yet to be known, okay? So if someone is using it medically, they're likely using it, you know, uh, within that therapeutic range. Um, You know, they're using a minimal dose uh, with minimal frequency. That obviously reduces the likelihood of addiction by a lot, okay? Um, The Mm -hmm. other thing is, is that um, should you stop taking marijuana cold turkey, um, you're, you're probably not gonna go through, um, the withdrawal that you'd go through if you stopped taking another highly addictive substance or medication, like alcohol, for instance, or opioids. And yeah. the reason is, is because, again, it gets stored in the fat cells in your body. Okay? So it's almost like you're, you're naturally weaning off of it. Okay? Now, what we know about withdrawal from marijuana, um, is that it's, it, for heavy users, um, it's fairly mild. Um, it lasts for anywhere from two to six weeks. Um, There is um, uh, irritability, difficulty, you know, there could be difficulty sleeping, um, some changes changes in appetite. But then beyond that, we haven't seen really much in the way of withdrawal.
0: Got it. Now, I know that you've alluded to this question a while back, but does medical marijuana have any side effects? You've spoken about Obviously, the negative effects of smoking marijuana, but any other side effects that you've uh, come across that people should keep in mind?
1: Yeah, if you overdo it, um, you will. Now, it depends on how much you overdo it, right? So, if you mildly overdo it, you can get um, uh, palpitations, so you feel like your heart's racing, okay? Um, You can get dizziness, you can get um, uh, paranoia and anxiety, like I mentioned, okay? You can feel excessively groggy or tired the next day, okay? So that's if you mildly overdo it. Now, if you really, really overdo it, that's when you start to get hallucinations, okay? Mm-hmm. So so it is something that has to be used, um, uh, you got to use it the right way so that you're getting the medical benefits and you're not getting these side effects from it.
0: Love that. So it sort of speaks to the quote, everything in moderation, right? Yep, so. Exactly including marijuana, even though it has so many benefits. And if you think about it, if you overdose on sugar, it's, you know, study and research is proving that it's so bad for you, right? So if sugar can be so bad for you, you need to be very mindful of your use of medical marijuana. If you have a condition that the marijuana can really help overcome. Now, could you talk to us about some of the transformative results that your patients have experienced with medical marijuana?
1: Yeah, so sleep is a major area that um, patients are, are are find find medical marijuana very beneficial, um, especially yeah. compared to prescription medications like Ambien and over the counter medications like um, uh, Benadryl, for instance, or the equivalent of Benadryl, like Unisom. So um, with marijuana, a lot of patients will report to me that they're able to fall asleep easily. They're able to stay asleep. And then say they happen to wake up um, in the middle of the night. They find that they can then fall back asleep easily as well. Okay. They wake up feeling refreshed. Mm -hmm. They're not feeling groggy from it. um, So that's sleep. Anxiety is another one. Okay. Um, Specifically with anxiety, if anybody's having panic attacks, um, in in my best case scenarios, what I found is that it, it actually eliminates the panic panic attacks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, In other scenarios, it helps to reduce the frequency of the panic attacks. Um, And then, you know, usually difficulty sleeping and anxiety go hand in hand. A lot of patients will complain that, you know, Dr. Patel, when I I get to bed at night, my mind starts to race and then I can't fall asleep. Right. And then they get into that vicious cycle where they haven't slept enough. They're feeling anxious um, through the day. And then at nighttime, again, they're having um, a hard time sleeping because they're even more anxious now. So uh, what the marijuana does is that it helps to sort of um, help them break, break out of that cycle. They're no longer having those racing thoughts when they're, mm-hmm. when they're um, in bed um, at night. And at the same time, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my patients, again, in best case scenarios, they're able to come off of the prescription medications and then use the marijuana mainly on an as-needed basis. That's with, with sleep and anxiety. I've mainly found that a lot of pa- patients are able to come off of their prescription medications. There's very few that have to stay on the prescription medications, and even if they stay on, they're able to significantly reduce the dose of the prescription medications that they're on. Um, with pain, uh, with arthritis, there's a reduction in pain. Mainly, what you see is a reduction in pain. Um, it, it doesn't it obviously it doesn't get to the, you know, the root of the problem. It's not going to, um, um, if you have like a herniated disc, for instance, that's, you know, kind of hitting a nerve, you know, it's not going to reverse that. Right. But what it does is that it helps to manage the pain better. Um, and then overall, it improves the quality of, of patients' lives because now they're able to do the things that they once weren't able to do, right? So whether that's like golfing or dancing or like being something as simple as being able to pick up your grandchild, you know, it, that overall it helps to improve the quality of their life in that way.
0: Beautiful. Now, Dr. Patel, you started as a conventional doctor and you've completed medical school. Is that correct? Yeah. Was it hard for you to explain Your new direction to your friends and family?
1: Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I come (laughs) from like a very traditional Indian family. So let me tell you the story of what happened. So um, I started looking into this um, and I didn't tell my parents that okay. I, you know, I, they knew I was moving to California cause I fell in love with California when I came out for medical school. Um, and yeah. then I went back East to, to do training and then I knew I was going to come back to California. So they knew I was going to move back. And I told them that, um, you know, I'm going to be doing disability exams and sure. they're like, okay, sure. I mean, I did that for like a day or two, but mainly what I was doing was I was working as a medical marijuana doctor, So I hadn't really told them because I didn't really want anybody discouraging me from pursuing this. Um, I, I knew that they would, you know, um, you know, they'd be like, what, you know, what the heck? So I didn't want anybody stopping me and I wanted to explore what, what was going on before I even made, you know, a decision that, yes, I want to definitely pursue this. But what happened was that I started working at a clinic, at a medical marijuana clinic in August and mid September, um, was my cousin's engagement party, right? So the whole family was getting together. And that's when I was like, oh, shoot. I can't <laughs> have my parents find out from somebody else. I have to tell them. And there was a lot of anxiety, right? Because I've, I've always been a good kid. I was always very studious. You know, I went to, to medical school, became a doctor. Um, so I never really was like, you know, the bad kid going out and doing like crazy things. And so, so this was a huge deal, telling my parents this. Yeah. So what I did was um, I wrote an email, and I sent it to my brother. And my brother was like, why are you getting me involved? And I was like, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> so I used my, you know, that's what siblings are for. You use them as a buffer. Yeah. So he gave the email to my parents. Um, my mom flipped out. Um, she, uh, of both my parents, my mom is definitely um, the more conservative one. So she definitely flipped out, and it took a couple days. They had been calling me, and I was every time they would call, like my stomach would churn. I was like, "Oh gosh, I don't want to have this conversation with them." So Mm -hmm. finally, I I spoke to my dad about it, and I said, "Look, this is what I'm doing. Um, This is the reason why um, I see a lot of potential in marijuana uh, medically," and and he got it. You know, Um, he's I I would say he's a visionary. Um, So so he got it. You know, and the other thing is he's also. Very well read. So he's always going out. Again, that whole knowledge is power thing. You know, it's not like he's just telling me. He's he's actually mm-hmm. living it himself, too. He's always reading things. And, and at that point, um, you know, he probably, you know, ha- had read articles here and there about um, uh, the medical value about marijuana. This was back in 2012. Yeah. So my mom, I don't think she's still said the word marijuana in, in conversation ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, But, you know, little by little, the rest of my family has become um, more and more open to it. So, And actually, uh, recently, you know, there have been a couple of very open conversations about marijuana at family gatherings, which kind of made me uncomfortable. I was like, my (laughs) gosh, are we really talking about marijuana, you know, at family gathering? So, um, so yeah, that was the whole story. But people, you know, uh, my family members have definitely been, they're seeing what I'm doing with this. Um, And they're seeing that the impact that it's having. And so um, they've trusted my decision over time. It took a while, but I think they've trusted my decision at this point.
0: Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing that story. I think it's really inspiring. There you go, Action Tribe. The pen that writes your destiny must be held in your own hands. Take small steps towards your vision, and before you know it, you will be there. So, Dr. Patel, what are some challenges that you found with the way marijuana clinics are run these days? And do you have any suggestions or recommendations on how things can get better?
1: Um, Well, I would say that they're slowly getting better. When I initially started, um, the industry, the way it started was that... um, there were doctors just handing out medical marijuana cards, like yeah. candy, right? Um, it didn't matter what condition you had, you could just walk into a clinic, and as long as you, you know, said something, you probably spent, uh, as long as you said something, you got a card. And the doctor probably spent, I don't know, all of maybe like two minutes with you. Yeah. So that's how the industry's definitely um, uh, started out. Um, but I think there are doctors more and more that are kind of taking the approach that I'm taking where they're actually um uh sitting patients down and and walking them through how to use it because I think also what's happening is that you could have a card but then if the patient's not actually getting any benefit from it then having the card is is, is you know defeats the purpose yeah so um I think having this guidance is important and actually it's really interesting because um in California, marijuana is now um, legalized for recreational use. Um, it yep. won't actually go into place till till January 2018, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just sort of kind of preparing patients right now that you may not necessarily have to see me. We'll have to see what the exact laws are that go into place. But I have patients telling me, well, I want to come see you anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I want to continue to just kind of check in with you um, and, and make sure that I'm doing things right. So, you know, um, for those that are looking to use this medically, um, they appreciate the medical guidance that they get.
0: Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing those stories, those insights, and that knowledge with us today. Based on what you've shared today, what is that one action step that you'd like to share with people listening to this episode who might be considering medical marijuana as a remedy for their ailment?
1: It goes back to that whole knowledge is power thing. Um, make mm-hmm. sure you are well knowledged and have a good understanding. Um, should you decide to use marijuana, of what you're putting in your body, you know, um, of how how much you should be using, how often you should be using it, and and how to avoid side effects, you know. So so just always know what you're putting into your body. Um, know what you're purchasing when you go to a dispensary. Um, you know, know exactly what's in it in terms of chemical combinations. Um, don't just go by what you're being told at the dispensary. Um, you can even ask for, for laboratory test results as well.
0: Mm. So Action drive to access the show notes for today's episode, visit our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 183. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash 183. When you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot, and hang on. This is an amazing quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt. Action Tribe, I know one thing for sure. You're listening to this show for one of two reasons, inspiration or desperation. You're either inspired by the possibilities around you for the full potential of human growth and evolution, or maybe you've seen someone who has inspired you to change. On the other hand, maybe you've gone through a loss, maybe you've been diagnosed with a disease or an ailment and you're desperate to find a solution to the challenge that you're facing right now. Whatever the case might be, remember that your solution is out there somewhere. You just need to have faith and take action no matter what comes your way. You might feel like you have nothing more within you and that you're at the end of the rope. And if you feel that way, like the court says, just tie a knot and hang on because your transformation is on its way. So, Doctor Patel, talk to us about a time when you experienced a major challenge. How did you enter that situation, and then what steps did you take to overcome it?
1: Well, you know, one of my—I've had a very unique life experience in that um, up until the age of twelve, I grew up in a very um, underprivileged area in New Jersey, um, and then fortunately, my parents were able to buy a home in. Um, in a very affluent suburb, their reason being is that they wanted my brother and I to get the best education um, that that they could get us. And usually, you know, the best schools are usually in the more um, affluent neighborhoods. So that was definitely challenging. It was almost a, a culture shock. And also, I found myself lagging very behind compared to these, these kids that had a lot of resources accessible to them. You know, they were spending their summers um, at Harvard and at Johns Hopkins doing um, gifted and talented programs. So, and they had parents that had graduated from um, these very well-known universities. So, so they had a lot of access to a lot of resources and whatnot, and but you know what what I had was uh, the will to work hard. So th- that's what I did. You know, I mean, th- there was no that you know, oh, you know, questioning. Oh, why do I have to work harder than they do? It was like, well, this is what it is, and you know, e- e- uh, e- you got to put in the work that you have to put in. Doesn't matter where you start. Um And you know, here I am today. You know, I got into um, a, a good university, um, made it to being a doctor, um, and now I have my own practice. And mainly, it's all attributed to
0: hard work. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our community?
1: Gosh, there's so many. I, I think it's just be grateful. Um, you know, that that's what my dad always tells me. You know, you always have to look at the glass full, look at what you have, um, not at what you don't have uh, and and that sure, sort of shifts your perspective by a lot
0: well, thanks a lot once again for sharing your story. You said that up until the age of 12, you were in an underprivileged area within New Jersey, you mentioned. And yeah. then later on, your parents decided that you need a better future. So they moved into a more affluent neighborhood and also you went to a more affluent school. And because of that transition, because of that contrast, you found it very difficult to get along with the other students who seem to be having everything, right? they were very privileged And it seemed like they had access to all the uh, educational uh, materials and the opportunities like any privileged student would have. And you found yourself sort of lagging behind at some point and you felt bad. But then you decided that you had one resource uh, that was unique to you. You had the power of hard work and determination and you decided to take action no matter where you were. And it seems like you took a lot of action. You got into uh, university. You completed your Medical school, and now you're doing and you're uh, pursuing a very successful practice and really changing people's lives. Uh, So, I think that is a really inspiring story and speaks to the idea of the growth mindset. Action Tribe no matter where you are today, don't let your past or your current uh, situation determine. What is going to happen for you in the future? Because uh, with the advent of technology and with the advent of uh, social media, which is normally considered bad, it can actually be good because it helps spread of information and it'll help you also tap into your gifts of intuition, your gifts of hard work, and a couple of years down the line, you'll be surprised as to where you were versus where you are right now. So thanks a lot for sharing uh, that with us, Dr. Patel.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Action Tribe, as you head out to take action after listening to this show, remember that the challenges haven't stopped. The challenges will still be there, but you now have a different perspective on life that will allow you to see those challenges as opportunities rather than stumbling blocks. But of all the challenges that you will face, the biggest challenge won't come from outside. It'll come from inside of you. The challenge to stay strong, the challenge to have faith and the challenge to avoid comparing yourself to others. You see, as you focus on your growth, your skills, your knowledge, you are bound to come across people who seem to have more success, more growth, more skills, and more knowledge than yourself. You might wonder, am I doing something wrong? Am I maybe reading the wrong books? Or am I less talented? Am I less intelligent? And once that starts, it doesn't end. So always remember, there is no competition. The only person that you are comparing yourself to is your older self, because when you do that, life will get a bit easier. And as Taoist philosopher Lao Tzu once said, when you are content to be simple yourself and don't compare or compete, everybody will respect you. So Dr. Rashna at this point in time, what is your life's calling?
1: You know, I am privileged enough to have the education that I have and and my my calling is to use this education to impact change in people's lives. So I, I'm doing. I'm 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 living that.
0: Beautiful. So as you look back at the memories that you've had, or the experiences and the people that you've met, was there ever a defining moment that really changed your life?
1: Um, it was that experience that I told you about. You know, um, I found myself very, very privileged to to have gone to this um, excellent school in New Jersey. And then have gone to an excellent university and not everybody in that underprivileged neighborhood where I where I grew up had the opportunity for this. So um, I, you know, I found myself very privileged. And so that, you know, in that moment, I I realized that I need to use this to to do something, to make a contribution, um, to use this privilege uh, to give back. And so that sort of kind of ties into my calling, which is uh, using my education to impact change.
0: And I think that's really inspiring because you're not only impacting change, but you're breaking a certain stigma, you're breaking misconceptions and myths that people have so that they can really understand uh, what medical marijuana is and also use that with the right consultation, with the right information to really transform their lives. So thanks a lot for sharing. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, the wisdom round. And our listeners know that the purpose of this rapid fire round is to take notes and to take action. So Dr. Patel, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you?
1: I think all the good advice comes from my dad. (laughs) But basically, (laughs) basically, he's like the Buddha in my life. Um, so basically, if something bad happens, you know, um, he's always said, don't, don't sit around and ruminate on it. You know, you just close that chapter, you move on. There's more in life um, that you have to look forward to. So don't waste your time ruminating. Take action, you know, move on to better things.
0: Great. So name a personal habit that keeps you going.
1: A personal habit that keeps me going. I always have to um, take time to just relax uh, I make sure I, I, you know, every day I build in some time to just kind of, kind of check out, you know, watch a show that's funny. Also, making time for the people uh, in my life that I love is is very important too. Um, so, making time for my mental health and making time for the people that I love keeps me going um, during the other times when I'm when I'm working.
0: Love that. So, Doctor Patel, what is your morning routine like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day?
1: I okay, so I. Spend the first five to ten minutes of my day when I wake up just listening to the quiet. There's something about the quiet that I really, really appreciate. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I grew up um, in a city. So there was always lots and lots of noise. So I've come to appreciate the quiet a lot. So I spend, um, yeah, a good, good 10 minutes just listening to the quiet. Um, and then I spend my morning um, working out. Um, recently, I've taken up um, spin classes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what I do. Um, I spend a lot of time um, uh, with my kitty cat as well, Riley. Um, so that, that's pretty much my morning routine.
0: Awesome. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today.
1: Uh, I've been reading a lot of nonfiction. Oh, gosh, this is a hard question. I haven't read, like, I've been doing so much reading on the internet. I haven't read a book in a really long time.
0: Any book that they could learn more about marijuana through?
1: Well, you know what? Um, I think books like um, that, that give you a lot, a lot more of a bigger, better perspective on life. Like, my dad's always quoting um, the Bhagavad Gita, which is mm-hmm. um, one of the, the Hindu, like, religious texts. Um, yeah. Those always have sort of good, you know, important, like, uh, you, it kind of brings you out of, you don't get caught up in the in the little things in life. You kind of step back and, yeah. and take perspective of the big picture.
0: So the Bhagavad Gita then? Yeah. Awesome. We'll have that link up in the show notes. Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on our show. That's why Audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free Audible download, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check their amazing service. Now, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash M-S-C. Once again, that's Trial a u d i b l e t r i a l dot com forward slash m s c for your free audiobook so dr patel thank you so much for joining us today it was such a pleasure having you on our show and learning more about medical marijuana before you go tell us one thing that you are grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you
1: um i am just grateful for um you know, all the love that I have in my life um, uh, in in terms of people. I have tons of people who love me, so I'm very, very grateful for that. And people can uh, uh, find, um, get more information on the work that I do at at my website, which is www.drrachnapatel.com. So that's D-R-R-A-C-H-N-A-P-A-T-E-L
0: so we'll surely have that link up in the show notes Dr. Patel thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the healing qualities of medical marijuana and taking us one step closer to a human revolution Thank you you are listening to my
1: seven chakras go to my download your free gift get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.